This podcast includes unapologetic logic and reason and may not be suitable for all audiences. In a world full of nonsense, he's been called the voice of uncommon common sense. He sees the abnormal that many find normal. Author and award-winning speaker, he is Chris. I want to talk to you today about what I see as a a looming uh, world security collapse, uh, probably coming to an area near you potentially very soon. We'll see what happens. There's a lot of fear-mongering going on. And as you know, it's impossible to completely predict the future, but you can look at the indications, and there are many. And I want to point out that, and you know this, the the news will frequently uh, frenzy to the headlines to get the most attention. They're not going to... You know, if, if uh, Network X or Channel Y or whatever, or Twitter or Hooter or whatever the heck the latest thing is, um, you know, if, if they have something that's going viral or whatever, or very popular or trending, everybody else is going to fall in line and jump on that. And it's crazy, the frenzies that come up, because nobody wants to miss out on the action. And that's how you'll see stories sometimes that are completely fake just run amok because, well, CNN said or Fox said or somebody said or some expert said. What I'm trying to say to you is that there's a lot of distractions. I've got a a very uh, detailed podcast for you here today, a lot of great information. And uh, you can make up your own mind. Sua sponte, I say, do as you may. What I see is that security around the world is collapsing. I look at the frenzy that countries move to withdraw their people out of Israel, and it tells me that um, I'm not alone in that, in that concern. I think the situation in Israel could potentially be a lot worse than what we're being led to believe. I don't mean that in terms of body counts, but I mean in terms of the security breach on Israel. Uh, I feel like they're in, in big, big trouble there. Uh, another thing to come out of this, you see this way that Hamas was able to march into Israel with very little pushback, really. I don't know if it's accurate to say that, but they were able to get pretty deep into the country pretty quickly. And I said this when uh, uh, Prigogin or whatever the heck that guy's name was, the, the Russian guy, he didn't last long, right? The, um, you know, the contract general over there, whatever you want to call him. And, um, you know, when he got angry, look what he was able to do. He was able to point out to Russia their own security weaknesses, right? Everybody discounts that. I didn't. I said, wow, look at what you could do with a couple of tanks. I mean, you could practically go to Washington with that. And, and you know, from what I know about the military here, uh, there's no force and readiness prepared to respond to something like that. If, if somebody was able to sneak in a, 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 a couple of platoon-sized force, they could probably damn near make it to Washington, if, if you were able to get, you know, a uh, hundred fighters and somehow get a couple of tanks in and a few uh, reconnaissance vehicles, how hard would it be? How hard would it be to get one commercial ship to a dock undetected? I, I don't know. How hard would it be to get it across the border? Hell, at this point, you could probably drive a tank right across the Mexican border. Nobody. I don't know. I don't know. But the point is this. Uh, that where you have these these rogue units or whatever you want to call it, uh, the these the small, highly mobile, highly destructive forces, they can operate much faster than conventional military units. 
among many other advantages that these ad hoc units, these terror units, have been able to put together. I've said this many times. You know, you want to say say terrorists, and, and you say that uh, with, with um, contempt, as we should, right? The, the damn terrorists. Uh, but this country was was founded on basically acts of terrorism, if you will, if you wanted to look at it like that. And and the bottom line is, I don't want to get too uh, you know philosophical into that. It's not why I brought it up. I brought it up simply to say this: as a military tactic, it is doggone effective. You just had some ragtag fighters that have been been living in dog shelters for the past fifty years, scrape together a bunch of garbage. And basically lay a whooping on one of the world's greatest militaries. The same thing happened in Russia. Same thing. Don't think it can happen here. Don't think it can happen in China. Highly disruptive. And I would add to you, I believe that we currently have units training in this exact type of warfare. But I don't want to get into that either. But this situation is far more than just military. I want to start for a minute by going back to Ukraine, because this is all tied together, okay? And it's all part of the the security risk that we see going on, which is what I'm really trying to talk about. I I actually, I think as time goes on, I don't really want to make this claim right now, I may completely get away from the doggone politics on this podcast. It's it's a cesspool. It's a a soul-sucking cesspool politics. It really is. Anyway, let's stick with the point at hand. I'll go on a tear for 20 minutes about that. Um, look at what's going on in Russia, all right? There was an article that came out of the American Thinker, which I don't necessarily vouch for, feel strongly about, but I did think that the article was well-crafted, and it is opinion. But let me share with you some of the things that were said. Uh, and I'll get my glasses on first. I'm at that point in my life, you know what I'm saying? The conflicts in Ukraine are part of larger wars, including the autocratic Russian regime waging war on Russian citizens. Radical left-wingers in conflict with the population of the United States and the Chinese Communist Party orchestrating the war between Russia and Ukraine. That's a crazy claim, isn't it? The aim of the clever left-wing regime and the not-so-smart left-wing government is to weaken states involved in the war to implement the new world order. Now, I think people think that these these um, alliances are settled, and they're not. It always can be negotiated right to the end, and everybody's going to want a piece of it, even if that means bowing down. I don't know if you know what I'm saying. Let me continue. The tensions between native Ukrainians and Russians in eastern Ukraine trace back to Stalin's forced repopulation of the region in the 40s. I don't know much about that. But they were pushing people around, forcing them to integrate with different cultures, and it's very chaotic. Biden and Putin have demonstrated signs of being on China's payroll and are working to impoverish their respective countries to establish the new world order. I, I don't know if I th- believe that Putin believes that. Um, I don't know, though. I don't know. There's a lot of, a lot to be skeptical about there, and, uh, and I don't really know. I've said this many times. I, I'd be very, very careful about offering any support to Russia, even though I understand the nature of the conflict. The Russia-Russo-Ukrainian war is part of the overall leftist project plan, which includes other events like the COVID-19 pandemic and climate change. 
The beneficiaries of the war are China's Communist Party Pulitzer Bureau. Uh, I don't know if I completely agree with that either. Possibly, though. American and Russian presidents are not independent players, but rather presiding over the decline, leaving the Ukrainian president in a difficult position. And um, this very much is consistent with what I've said, which is that the Ukrainians were going get, to get screwed. All of these events that you see unfolding, um, I don't know how just how recent this is, but it is dated from October 10th. So just within the uh, past couple of days, have During a listen. The Secretary General and Klaus Schwab. This is the um, start at the wrong spot there. This is the an announcement at the UN. All right, and the way of verifying this came out on TikTok. Um, have a listen. Well, that's not going to work. Afternoon, the Secretary General and Klaus Schwab, the founder of the World Economic Forum, will sign will witness the signing of a memorandum of understanding on a strategic partnership between the UN and the World Economic Forum. So, do you understand what that means? This is the great corporate oligarchy being formed. The WEF is a is mainly corporations now joining forces with government. Which outlines areas of cooperation. None of this was democratically elected, remember that. Cooperation to deepen engagement between the two institutions and to jointly accelerate the implementation of the 2030 agenda. You understand that, what he just said? They just signed an agreement to accelerate Agenda 2030, which people are broadly revolting against. But yet they're getting, they're using this conflict. Tell me the conflict wasn't created to do that. Who knows? Let me continue on. There's a lot to cover today. This was a Newsweek article. Newsweek has left us. We can no longer hide the truth about the... Um, Russia-Ukraine war, as leading American politicians, generals, and pundits continue advocating for open-ended support to Kiev in their war against Russia, a sober, accurate analysis of Ukraine's nearly completed summer offensive reveals that the heroic sacrifice Ukraine continues to make is producing little to no meaningful progress toward the objective of evicting Russia from Ukraine's territory. It's not working. All the artillery that we've sent, all the money that we've sent recently, it was, oh, we sent them $200 billion. What about all the money for the last 10, 20 years? How much? We may never know. Washington should instead employ a necessary course of correction and form a new policy, you think, based on the harsh ground truth combat realities in Ukraine. Re- uh, revising the objectives would give Washington and Kiev a chance to preserve Ukrainian lives and American in- interests. Washington's current policies do neither. They're marching down this path of failure on purpose. I've been talking about it since the day that the Russians invaded, that there was no protection, there's been no peace talks. Zelensky, who believed that Russia was fibbing, so did I. But the warnings were there. You you could take some protective measures. They didn't. They left it all wide open, which is going to be a familiar theme. We're going to be talking about that again in a minute. When it comes time for the attack on Israel. Why do we have these leaders leaving the border? No, we'll just leave the border wide, completely unprotected. And then the invasions come. Could it be? And then Zelensky, he hasn't done, there's nothing to protect the country. Russia comes in, they somehow defend Kiev. Remember that? That whole, mar- it was very interesting to me. And I don't know if Russia mistook how easy it was going to be to waltz in there. 
Um, very, very interesting, though. Uh, it's almost like they, they stopped on purpose. And perhaps they did. Maybe they didn't want to deal with the humanitarian fallout. Maybe they just rather squeeze those people to death. Who knows? Maybe they want to rebuild it into a smart country. But Zelensky, after leaving the... He cared less about protecting it. No, no, no. Then when Russia comes in, they take Dantesk. And he says, no, the only the only answer is we want all of our areas back. And Crimea, too. <laughs> and nothing, and settle for nothing else. It's ridiculous when you think about it. They say, whoa, 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 I overestimate. All right, you guys are going to keep those regions, and we're going to establish a long, a long necessary peace. Imagine if that would have happened in Ukraine. What would have been the problem with that? Maybe they could have said, look, we want, we, we'll let the people decide then. You're in there now. We'll let the people decide. We want fair elections. And, uh, you know, get for some third party to hold them. I don't know who you could trust to hold honest elections these days. The politicians on the American side, they'll say, well, at least we tried. Famous last lines. At least we tried. Moscow strikes Kiev stocks of depleted uranium shells. It's got to be a joke. We send stuff over there, it just gets blown up. Um, U.S. government media lying about the Ukrainian counteroffensive, the summer counteroffensive that they're still talking about. What's summer counteroffensive? Uh, Biden tells Zelensky they're going to send more specialized mus- uh, munitions. That's just great. So uh, pretty much Ukraine, I mean, we're not even getting any news updates. Who even has a clue? Let me see uh, real quick here if I can on the fly. Um I think Russia took some new territory or something like that, last I checked. Palestinian Authority sounds alarm over uh, genocide. Um, I don't see anything. uh, Teacher and student brawl over Palestinian flag in Berlin. We're going to talk more about all this. Uh, I don't have it here handy, but I believe that um, Russia took some more territory in, uh, in Ukraine. We're not going to hear about that. So nothing, nothing you'll hear about in American news. By the way, I think the best source of news right now probably is Twitter. <laughs> oh, boy. Old Elon. Looks like the advertisers are back, too. So Ukraine is a mess, and claims are that this is all part of a new world order restructuring. And there's other things going on at the same time that make the hair on the back of my neck stand up. Could our way of life completely change very quickly? Wow. Uh, think about this. Germany's 9-11 moment, it's being called. This is the attack on the Nord Stream pipeline. Now, as far as the minds of the average American and European and elsewhere, probably, everybody's forgotten about this story. Eh, they blew up the pipeline. Some people did some things to the pipeline. You know how it goes. And some methane leaked out and some gas stopped flowing. <laughs> In simplistic terms, that's exactly true. But what now? They're saying that, look, this is going to destroy Germany. And these tactics of these these slow-wrenching genocide, a little freaky, freaky. We now know pretty much without question that the attack on the Nord Stream pipeline was, in fact, purposeful. No kidding. Who did it? (laughs) Uh, Russia, Europe, America. Hamas, who knows? But I think we have a pretty good idea of who would be motivated to do that. And whose tactics is it to cut off power, to stop food supplies? 
Interesting. Um, what is going to be the impact of this pipeline going down for Germany long term? Um, you know, where they don't have access to natural gas, where they've come to rely on it without, you know, any good ability to switch over, uh, it could be seriously expensive for one thing. And, and this um, onslaught to bring in this new world order, I guess, just uh, whatever it takes, right? With the economic uh, damage, the, the security breaches, the uh, social discord that's being uh, pushed around the world. Crazy. But anyway, as far as the pipeline goes, this could have huge ramifications for Germany. When you don't have heat, you don't have power. It's very much a problem in a modern world, wouldn't you say? What's going on here? We've got our own problems. I hear by the time you're listening to this, the day will arrive. Friday, I believe that they're calling for a Muslim worldwide day of resistance. And there's talk that these that the Muslim energy is moving in the direction of their own new world order. I don't know too much about all that. Like a lot of people, I'm just trying to get through the day, to get to the weekend, to get to retirement, to enjoy my doggone life a little bit. You know what I mean? But it's very concerning to me. And I look at what's happening here, and it looks like that the many of the seeds have been sowed already. Migrants now being sent to New York City by plane from California <laughs> with the Salvation Army paying the bill. Who's giving the money to the Salvation Army? Migrants pour across the borders in record numbers, while Biden brags that it's by design. No joke. Meanwhile, Illinois, and you look at the problems, um, I'm going to talk about the Venezuelans in Chicago in a minute, at the same time they're eliminating cash bail. And this has been tested around the country, including here, and it's been a complete disaster. I see the problems with bail. I see the complaint, but nobody's come up with a suitable alternative to effectively um, enforce our laws without it. Um, Democrat district attorney um, complaining about a culture of lawlessness and emboldening brazen criminals. That has largely come from left-leaning philosophy, left-leaning policies. San Francisco calls on the Supreme Court to reverse a homeless ruling. I was wondering what was behind this. Um, the Supreme Court hadn't heard the first case. I don't know if it's going back or not. But basically, some federal courts ruled that you cannot stop people from sleeping. You cannot arrest people for sleeping on public land if you have no other place to provide them. So you can arrest them, take them into custody, and move them to a shelter, I don't believe they're under any obligation to stay there. But as long as you can do that, you're complying with the law. You can throw them out of the park. If you don't have any shelter space, then you cannot arrest them and physically remove them from the park. Uh, but there was ways around all this, and there's been this very warped uh, interpretation of it, but in, far, in part uh, born out of fears of massive lawsuits by groups that are pushing this discord. So let me just make sure you understand what's going on here. We're paying to ship all these illegal immigrants in here. 
with no provisions for them. And I've talked about how cruel this is, even to the immigrants. How cruel is it to pipe people from Venezuela? They're fleeing disaster. Okay, well, what are we going to do for them? We can't afford houses for ourselves. Like my mother used to say, you don't become, you don't help the poor by becoming one of them. Let's stay on the security aspect a second. You have all these people that are very compromised financially and many in other ways. Uh, They're pumping them in. In the meantime, the laws have been changed by a, a court ruling, not even a Supreme Court ruling. Some federal court has ruled on this effectively creating this mayhem on us without any Democrat process around that. This is not how things are supposed to work. So we pay to ship the migrants in. We pay as much as we can to support them. Then we change the laws to be completely favorable to them. If that's not enough, uh, San Francisco is going to hand out a monthly income of $1,200 in guaranteed income to transgenders. What? What? <laughs> If they have money to burn, why don't they go ahead and create the, the homeless centers that they can solve this problem on their own? The leadership in San Francisco, as best I can tell, is about as good as the leadership in Palestine, about as, as good as the, the PLO or Hamas. And we see the same in New York, in Philadelphia, in Baltimore, Chicago. Let's stick with the practical side a second. As winter looms, Venezuelan migrant surge overwhelms Chicago. And the the war, because of the climate change, don't forget about that, that uh, the cost of, of providing heat is doubling. Catastrophe at every corner. I don't know how it ends up well. Let me leave you with this one on the migrants, security, wherever you want to put this. Have you been hearing about these um, flash mob attacks in Philadelphia? I'm sure you have because uh, I hear about it from my friends all over the country. What the hell's going on in Pennsylvania? It's a good question. I got to get out of here. It's something that keeps, I hate that. I, I love it here, but it's getting to be more and more difficult. But let me just stick with the security side a second. You've heard me talk about this. And I know not everybody's listening to me because I had a discussion with my own wife last night and she looked at me like I have three heads. I've described multiple scenarios to you. Let me use this news story, okay? The, and they've done multiple of these where these gang of kids, they'll go attack a 7-Eleven. There's no weapons, I don't believe. I haven't seen any evidence of that. And this is what makes this particularly difficult under the law. You have minor-aged children, in many cases, unarmed, and it's just, um, you know, uh, it's not really violent, but it is in the scope of it. And um, not that people aren't getting hurt or worse and lots of property damage. But it doesn't fall under the same laws as, say, a armed uh, insurrection or something like that. But my point is this. They have skillfully mastered the ability to quickly and efficiently take over and completely liquidate a 7-Eleven store without the police even being able to really respond. They're getting some arrest afterwards based on camera footage, but it's just a matter of time and a little more practice, and they'll have that worked out as well. 
Whoa. So what does that mean? Who cares? I don't know if you've ever been in a 7-Eleven. I don't know if they're around. Like, we have them here. I don't go to 7-Elevens very often. It's a pretty trashy story, store. Um, but it's a little convenience store or whatever. Who cares? Largely Indian-owned, probably uh, Muslim in many cases. They're robbing themselves. But it's just practice, really. Just practice. How long before they say, you know, we're aware of this wealthy community. We're going to go hit it. Hmm. How long before they master that? Now, it's a little different because you go into the wealthy areas and hopefully people are armed. But I wouldn't put a lot of stock and faith in when I look at the affluent suburbs around here. These groups begin to move out. You know, and where does it end? You don't know. When does it come? You don't know. This in itself, the chaos from this type of activity going on is just mayhem. Mayhem. How long before it spreads further? And it's not, and who knows what this, you even blame this on, right? These these 7-Eleven robberies. But it's a pattern to it. Meanwhile, we've got huge discord here in Pennsylvania over the politics. Pennsylvania high school students organized a walkout over the new transgender bathroom policy. They don't want boys and girls bathrooms. It's dangerous. Another, how bad is it when your daughter is afraid to go to the bathroom at school or they got to go in together or you're going to start thinking about some kind of protection? It's nuts. Nuts. Teachers, students reported her because of a lesson she gave on race and she's wondering if she can trust them again. I don't know the details of the story. It's not what it seems. But you have an environment where people are, you know, ratting on people all over the place. I'm talking to a buddy of mine, retired Marine Corps Sergeant Major, was saying they have a building now that you can file a Inspector General complaint online. They, you got Marines doing it by phone. I said, "Was this happening?" He's like, "Like every day." Good God! So, Russia, Ukraine, the fake war. I've said it. I said it from the beginning. This is some kind of organized, who knows what, I guess we'll find out. You've got migrants being pumped all over this country, our laws being perverted, massive political problems, among other things, and a serious, serious security problem as a result of it all. You've got students walking out of their classrooms because of policies. This has nothing to do with reading, writing, and arithmetic, which was supposed to be the reason for these schools in the first place. Then you've got students reporting the teacher for a lesson on race. Who knows what that's all about, but it just goes to show the amount of discord that they're that unhappy. And I say again, we're not talking about math. We wonder why the Asians are scoring so much better. Gee, I don't know. Maybe because they actually practice math in school. Maybe that would be a place to start. Now we move on to to Israel. Um, Here's a story here. You can check it out in the show notes if you're interested pointing out that there's been no foot, no similar footage from Ukraine as we see coming out of Israel. Why is that? It, and, and people are taking notice. But the, the government just ignored I don't know. Here's a little summary uh, I found on Twitter about this um, situation in Israel. Israel chose to ignore the intelligence from Egypt. Same thing in Ukraine. Um Multiple IDF soldiers and Israeli intelligence personnel have come forward to say that there's 0% the chance that Israel is unaware of this. 
Um, we just watched unsophisticated terrorists on hand gliders soar into one of the most heavily defended and surveilled countries on the planet. I believe it's entirely possible. I think this uh, summary underestimates the ability of small, rapid, moving force. I've said this with the electric bikes. You say, well, what's the range? Maybe you can only get 80 miles, but to be able to go get in there and you know, grab an extra battery, go in and out 80 miles that quickly, undetected, serious security threat. Within 48 hours of the attack, we suddenly see enormous support for an American war with Iran and genocide of the Palestinian people. The fever on both sides of this is very concerning. I'm witnessing, this is not my words from the writer of this, witnessing American pastors and formerly level-headed influencers in our world completely lose their minds and call for genocide. I've noticed the same. Insane to watch, indeed. The events in the past three years have taught us anything. It's that when people get whipped into emotional frenzy, critical thinking completely goes out the window. This move by Israel is very dangerous. People become highly susceptible or rush to extremely dangerous conclusions without thinking about the consequences. This is what we're witnessing with the situation in Israel, reminiscent of Pearl Harbor and 9-11. In both scenarios, the American government received intelligence in advance of the attacks, but chose not to prevent the attacks. Why? Because the American government was willing to sacrifice the lives of American citizens in order to advance its geopolitical goals. Pearl Harbor gave the justification to enter World War II. 9-11 gave the justification for a long war in the Middle East. Both brutal and extremely traumatic events for the American public to witness. The emotional trauma caused people to get whipped into an emotional frenzy. Everybody was on board, lock and step, right? America wanted one thing in response to these attacks, the blood of our enemies. And you said, you're darn right. We can see the same psyop playing out right now. People whipped into a frenzied bloodlust on both sides purposely and mixed together. People are looking at seriously important facts here. Number one, none of this adds up. Number two, innocent civilians being threatened with genocide on both sides. Number three, escalated violence in the, in the Middle East with the rest of the planet getting dragged into World War III. This is huge. Huge when you think about it. Can countries deny food and water under the Geneva Convention? I looked into this. Answer, no. Israel would say, well, we told them to get out. There's no getting out. There's no real ability for the people to get out. Inhumane. In the worst way, Israel imposes a complete siege on Gaza, electricity, food, and fuel all cut off. How do they even have the ability to do that? They had that in place already. If that's not enough, Israeli official calls for a doomsday nuclear missile option. How is that even possible in such a small area? I have not been able to corroborate this. It's making its circles. It's very concerning, saying that Black Lives Matter celebrates Hamas' attack on Israel. Wow. Here's a list of campuses. Uh, Anti-Semites plot. A day of resistance in support of Hamas. Um, And another story here uh, calling out Iran's Khomeini saying um, that Hamas and the retaliation coming could be a greater disaster. Wow. You don't see the Arabs going, sorry, 
we're backing down. That No, they're saying, hey, we knew you were going to do this. We knew you'd bring those ships in here, and we're ready. Are they, or is they bluffing? I don't think so. Let's talk a minute about the spiritual aspect of this, because uh, there is essentially a holy war underlying all this, right? Some kind, but what kind? There's a story here from Time Magazine. Jewish author, I want you to listen to this very carefully. What Yom Kippur can teach us about the brutality of ableism, enabling Judeo-Christian values is the allegation, anti-white, anti-Christian, anti-Zionist, which is a whole other dynamic to the whole thing. But let me show you what this author said. From Time Magazine, like many contemporary Jews, I shy away from the notion of God who sits in judgment. The medieval poet imagines a scene where God surveys each individual soul like a shepherd taking stock of the flock. But when I recite those words in synagogue, I'm not thinking about the hand of God scribing the fate of every life in some vast cosmic ledger. My heart is not trembling before heaven. My eyes are on earth. I'm thinking about the cruelty we've built into the basic fabric of this world, the way we chose to bow before the altar of efficiency, the way we privilege profit and productivity over decency and care. Listen to this. You see everything going around in the world. Let me leave you. This is what this Jewish author putting out in Time magazine has to say. I'm thinking about racism and white supremacy, about queer and trans hatred and disability justice, about the violence borne by so many of us whose bodies and minds are marked as undesirable. I'm thinking about the way the world runs roughshod over those of us who are deemed too sick, too slow, too poor, too fat, too mad, or too much trouble to embrace. I'm thinking about ableism. This is a Jewish perspective that I can tell you is shared by many Christians. That people do not believe in the wrath of God. They do not believe that we have a God who judges. That there's no accountability And I see it in Lutheran churches as well, right down the street from me. No, that it's it's white supremacy is the problem. Why isn't it? And here's my complaint. I know this is going to draw a lot of ire. Where does where do Jewish people fall in in the white supremacy equation? Are they white for that purpose or non-white for that purpose? Because if you're saying that Jews are excluded from that white supremacy portion, then what you're really saying that this is an all-out holy war against Christianity. Am I right? But I don't think that the Hasidic Jews are going along with that. This is freaky. One last thing I want to tell you about this article. This This is being put out as being Jewish perspective when it's not. It's atheist perspective. I I don't believe in these words that I'm reciting in synagogue. And I've said this to you. I'm going to get to a point that's going to help you with this whole anti-Semitic part. I've answered this question for myself as well. But let let me go in order here. 
Do I have it here? Yeah, good. Okay, let me continue on. Putting people in place of God, that's what you see happening here. I don't want to listen to what I have to say in synagogue, what the religious teachings are. No. I'm going to say for my, I see these things going on, the the way gay people are treated and trans people. Um, how is queer and trans hatred? I'm not even saying gay anymore. How's that? I guess homosexuals is, yeah, off the list. Disability justice? What does that even mean? And look at all the money that we've spent installing all these handicap ramps everywhere. Special doors, parking spots, disability programs. Disability injustice? Um, what more What more can we, thank you, a funny way of saying thank you, right? And, and this is the, the godlessness, the atheism, right? They, say how, how, they, they don't believe in God. They don't believe in the accountability. They, they have no thanks. They have no freaking soul. I've asked in all this, where is the, the spiritual leadership? Clergy, this is AP, new, AP putting this out. Clergy burnout is a growing concern in polarized churches. Well, where is that coming from? You know, they say it like it's a fact. How do you know? They've done some study, but I know this. Where are the spiritual leaders today? When I drive by the Lutheran church and I see the LGBTQIA tutti fruity flag flying out there, it just, um, it's amazing to me that even the church has been radicalized. Now, I agree with something in this article. And that is the compassion part. And as far as compassion in our country, in our world, I agree that it's been reduced. I completely agree. You got people talking to kill, kill them all. What? How do we go to that? People that have no understanding of the Middle East conflict. Just get rid of them all. I don't like what they did. You know why the compassion has been reduced? Because the church has been reduced. And it used to be that you drive around this country, and you know what you know what would jump out at you everywhere you'd go. I don't know if anybody remembers this. The steeples, the steeples, and even in uh, in certain other Orthodox areas, I know out like in the Pocono area, there's a strong uh, Russian populate Russian Orthodox, whatever that means. And you see their whatever they're called, their steeples. They're a little different, very colorful. What was what was all that? Those those were the physical signs of our compassion as a society. And I'm not saying that everything was grand and everybody was good and that everybody walks through the church, you know, somehow washed of all their sins and becomes a good person automatically. Because you know that's not the truth. But that was the direction and the effort. And look at what it's been replaced with: corporate logos. And I'm not saying there's anything wrong with the corporate logos necessarily, necessarily, but the absence of the steeples should be a big concern. And it's only getting worse. Here's what I want to point out to you about the article, the non-Jewish article. And I was talking to a friend of mine last night. I said, I want you to, have I ever said anything to you to indicate that I'm anti-Semitic? He said, no. I said, thank you. He said, the thing that bothers me is that you have people that use the Jewish faith or their Jewish ties as a, as a cover a distraction, whatever you want to call it, as is the case here. This is not Jewish. This didn't come from the church. But because this person calls them Jewish, they, they so calls themselves Jewish, they somehow speak for all Jews, and we're supposed to just accept it. Well, I don't. I don't accept it at all. And this is the problem. 
I want you to one says this article from from Sly Magazine. What Yom Kippur can teach us about the brutality of ableism? Just simply replace that word ableism with the word faith. What Yom Kippur, a traditional Jewish holiday, can teach us about the brutality of faith. And you tell me that there is an attack on God and religion. Even from within our own churches, our own synagogues, and our own country, there it is right there in plain view. College kids abandoning American values that it's going to destroy our democracy. Is this from The Hill, I think? Newsweek. Newsweek. College kids are abandoning American values that's going to destroy our democracy. We're not a democracy, we're a republic. It's already been destroyed, not because the college kids did it, but because their parents are non-believers. What? What was that? That's the they. I finally realized. Who is this they? George Soros? Bill Gates? Mark Zuckerberg? Joe Biden? Barack Obama? Hillary Clinton, all these other people. Who is this they? It's not just them. I don't have any ties to these people. I can't really fall. I don't like, I detest these people from what I know of them, but at the same time, I can't really blame them for anything in my life or anything really that I know of. Limited. Poor decisions for sure. Don't, don't discount that. But it goes beyond that. It's, Certain evil teachers playing along with a certain evil game plan, not standing up to it. Police, it goes on and on. Our judicial system, within our churches, this lack of faith. We've been infiltrated by non-believers. That is the they. Whether they're Jewish or Muslim or Christian, I'm not sure that it matters. Where there's unfaithful, there's unfaithful. And the results speak for themselves. This was particularly startling to me. You can see the whole list. I'll open it up. It's all left-wing stuff. This is where um, your lawyers come from. This is where your uh, politicians come from. Um, Here's a list of college uh, groups that have published vile anti-Semitic statements in wake of the Palestinian terror. Columbia University. Harvard University, UC Berkeley, um, Northwestern University, Grinnell College, George Washington University, UVA, I don't know what college that is, NYU, NYU Student, Student Bar Association condemns Israel. you got to think about those college groups and, and the damage that's being done there. But don't, don't blame the students. Go talk to their parents. Meanwhile, listen to this. Mexico, this is from the Jerusalem Post. This tells you that there, this is going to be an installed leader. The next installed leader of Mexico, my words, is going to be the first Jewish female president of Mexico. Think about that a second. Whether you want to believe in my... Do you believe that there's free, fair elections in Mexico? Let's start there. So this is going to be the installed leader. 
a Jewish female president. Why? Why would you want a, a Jewish female president in Mexico, particularly at this time? Go ahead, say it. You can call me a misogynist, uh, whatever. Uh, but but I'm not. Why would the people of Mexico not want their own culture represented? Why would they want to fall on it? And particularly at this time, it's two totally different cultures. Now, who knows if this Jewish female president is um, really Jewish at all. She may be a non-believer as well, I suspect. Meanwhile, Hamas is completely emboldened. And I saw this article, the truckers want everything. They're talking about the Canadian truckers. Um, I don't know if they won everything. At the end of the day, they kind of lost everything. But they, they put a crack in the foundation of the regime, a big crack, because they exposed this huge security vulnerability. Joe Biden wants to come out and say, you're not going to be able to take over this country with an AR-15. You're going to need an F-15 or an F-18. Wrong, wrong, wrong. And people are beginning to see it. All these different security threats. You want to talk about, you think, oh, rah, rah, Canadian truckers. How many Palestinian truckers do you think there are in this country? Hmm? Running vehicles that aren't even theirs. They don't have to worry about losing their trucks and their fortunes. They just pick up and go back to their countries. Think about that. Think about the, the, the problems that that alone could create. Could happen. Could happen today as you're listening to this. Meanwhile, we're broke. Morally, spiritually, and financially, we're in no position to even defend ourselves. I saw this from the Wall Street Journal. We have no money. Our military bases are falling apart. Recruitment is down. Meanwhile, the Army plans to cut major cuts to special operations forces, including the Green Berets. Wow. U.S. debt interest payments are unsustainable and flash huge warning signs as they take over federal spending. spending, uh, A budget expert warns. What does this mean? That the interest on the debt is going to be so high that there's not going to be any money for anything else. Where is that money going? It's supposed to go to the um, to the central bank, then minus some fees, puts it back to the treasury. <laughs> it's kind of like paying ourselves, I guess. I don't think it's going to go well. A new Supreme Court case could trigger a second depression. This is huge. I wish it would happen. Uh, but it could be very tumultuous without any planning. I think what was the um, oh the the lawsuit is to say that the um, some federal agency is 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 uh, illegal. I want to say like the USDA or something like that. But anyway, they said this case wins it would basically dismantle all these federal agencies, including like Social Security and so forth. Uh, God willing, um, if you ask me, it's the, probably the best thing that could ever happen. Wall Street isn't sure it can handle all of Washington's bonds. This is from the Wall Street Journal. Wall Street Journal saying, hey, we can't hit, we can't buy any more of your debt. It's not a problem. There's an easy fix for that. They'll just start buying their, the government will start buying its own debt. I think it's probably already happening. Europe is probably buying our debt. Europe borrows money from us to buy our debt, and we do the same. Big Ponzi scheme. There's a great video here that all wars are bankers' wars. It's a, a line that was put out by Smedley Butler, a famous Marine general. I'm sure that went over well. <laughs> Marines and their big mouths. 
all wars are banker wars. You should you should check the uh, check the video. All just built on more and more centralized control. It seems never ending. But I don't want any central currency at all anymore. Quite frankly, I would just prefer that the dollar go away and we go back to state currencies and forget this global currency and, and not trade with it. You know, if you think about this, you have very different cultures between the Palestinians and the Jews, very different cultures between um, Palestinians, some Jews, and, and Christians. And for that matter, even within those different groups, you know, look at the Catholics and the Protestants. And what does all this mean? It means we don't really do a great job of getting along in some ways. And what's the answer to that? Well, we need fences. We need walls, boundaries, barriers. Anybody who's ever run a farm would tell you, or what, what, are we animals now? Kind of. <laughs> I mean, look around. We kind of do act like animals, maybe worse. And the answer to that is is boundaries. Money and decentralized currency might be the most peaceful way to do that. You want to come into Pennsylvania? You're going to need Pennsylvania dollars. The only way to get Pennsylvania dollars is to get them from us. Interesting, right? Let me leave you with a couple of little things I want to leave you with a little story that kind of describes a lot of what I've been trying to tell you on the spiritual front. Number one, Riley Gaines was in Penn, Penn, at Penn State University, I believe. It doesn't matter where. Had some, you know, she's the um, female swimmer that's speaking out against transgender swimmers in sports in general. She's supposed to have a right to hear her voice spoken, right? Nope. Um, somebody came up and flipped the tables over and vandalized her stuff, ultimately got arrested. But you don't see this happening in the other direction. We cannot even openly discuss our thoughts, ideas, and beliefs. It's too dangerous. I'm not going to mention the firm name, but I'd like you to look at this in the show notes. It's a major law firm. Um, They get involved in environmental and justice issues. 1,800 lawyers. Take a look at the lineup. This is a firm in this country. I'm thinking, who is funding all this? How is all this getting paid for, all these lawyers? An army of lawyers, really. Go look at the list of lawyers. I have the link right here. I don't want to mention it on the podcast. You can look for yourself. Tell me how many white Christians you see out of that list of 1,800. Concerning, to say the least. Let me leave you with this little story, in case your uh, dose of reality hasn't really sunk in clearly. This was uh, shared by an Iraq War veteran. He says, I I don't want to talk about this, but considering current events, I'll share something I saw in 2006 in Iraq. Iraq. I'm just going to tell you the story. I'm not going to read it to you because it just doesn't, reading doesn't, doesn't orate very well. Sounds like he was probably army. They had um, some kind of base set up, some kind of outpost set up. And apparently it had services like medical services. Apparently they got a a call for volunteers to go out on a um, on a on a little mission, and, the, and it was a medical evacuation was the mission, and they were going out to get this little Iraqi girl who had two fingers cut off, and they arrived and there's blood and it was pretty traumatic, but they're able to um, uh, rescue this girl, and the father uh, travels with them back to the base, and she's calmed by the assistance from the Americans. And um, they're able to treat her, and um, very, very good in that regard. About uh, two days later, um, 
they got attacked by about 60 rockets at that exact location on that army base. And um, turns out that the father had purposely cut off the fingers of his daughter so that he could get access to the base, identify the location for the rocket targets. Can you imagine? I hear this story. I see the stories of what's going on with children in this world. And I'm not sure that even I can understand or relate to how much evil there really is. To that end, God help us and God have mercy on our souls. The best I can tell you, make sure you're doing everything you can to prepare. Don't be foolish like Ukraine, Israel, us for September 11th and Pearl Harbor. I don't have a crystal ball. God willing, everything will be fine. We'll get through the election and live happily ever after. But every indication is that there's something much, much different coming. Sua sponte, as I like to say, on your own accord. With that, my friend, I hope to be back on Monday. God willing, I'll see you then. Make it a great weekend. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.